Welcome to the Best Boss Ever podcast. I'm your host, Christine LaPerriere, president of Leader in Motion. On this show, we're going to gossip about the best boss you ever had. We're going to hear stories about things that they did that helped you feel valued, helped you feel engaged, and really inspired you. We want to hear about the bosses that changed the way you look at everything. If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip. Welcome, Gary. I'm so excited to have you on the show. And just before we get started, why don't you do a quick intro? Well, great. Thank you, Christine. You know, you and I have really enjoyed the relationship that we've had and uh, just a bit of background. I have uh, been at work for a long time, a few decades now at this point, and I've started a couple of companies. So I'm president and founder of GCP Industrial Products. And the way that I know you is really through Strategic Coach, and I've been a coach for entrepreneurs for, I'm in my 25th year now. So, and a participant in strategic coach for my 30th year. So um, that's, that's how we get to know each other. So I have my own business, but also had the opportunity like you have to help other people, help other people grow and, and achieve their passions. So that's scary. Perfect. And the reason that I thought you needed to be on the best boss ever podcast was because I get the impression from our relationship that you've not only got an incredible history of working as a leader and working for, you know, a number of different leaders, but also the fact that today you actually coach and mentor a number of different leaders through the strategic coach program. So um, really the mission of this, this podcast is to extract those amazing stories about those leaders who are the best bosses ever. And I felt like there was a high probability that you would have either worked for some of them and or um, coached and mentored some as well. So thank you so much. And um, I, I would just say, even just for starters, you know, who, you know, who is your best boss ever? Can you think of a, think of a leader that you worked for like that? Yeah. You know, the, you, you sent some notes out to begin with and I had a look at it and, and I, I'm going to say part of it was a challenge in, in the sense of the challenges that I've been on my own as a, for more than 30 years. And so I think one of the reasons that I did that is I learned a lot about being bosses and some of them not, not so good <laughs> and some of them good. And, and an interesting thing was a boss that I remember really well was when I joined DuPont and I'd come out of Imperial Oil, the Exxon organization, and I went into industrial sales for the first time. I'd never really, I hadn't done that before, but I wanted to try it. And this was a uh, a grizzly older guy, and it kind of had one unibrow across here. His name was Doug Haggart. And I, so I walked into a brand new thing. I'm a young guy and uh, all you know, wet behind the ears, so to speak. And, and I'm going into sales, and he'd certainly been there all along, sales manager, and that's where he was going to be in his career. He wasn't going to go any further. And one of the things I really appreciated about Doug, he was, he was tough on me, but in a, in a kind way, if you, can, if you can accept that sort of way, is that he made sure. But he also allowed me to be myself. And, and just to put a little bit of a story together, I followed a guy who was totally well-respected. His name was John Thode, and he had, we, were, we were selling at that point in DuPont. I was in the plastics division, and we were selling products made in the U.S. Most of the division up there was working was working all in the Canadian made products, but there's a few of us at the U S stuff. So we had to work with the U S and, and that's how I learned. I mean, I, I've spent my whole life working in the United States and this is where I first learned how to do that. So, but uh, Doug was one of those guys who just allowed me to be me. And so when I was following this other gentleman who'd done that for job for 12 or 13 years, totally respected. I had go all across Canada. He was totally bilingual and I wasn't. And, uh, 
I, I remember a couple of incidents that we were down in Sherbrooke, Quebec, and uh, we we're going in to have lunch. And um, I come into the I come into the restaurant after Doug, and I totally sheepish. And he goes, "What's up?" I said, "Well, I locked the keys in the trunk." <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! And I go, "Oh man, this has got to be what I later would call an SCI, serious career impediment." Right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, at that point in time, so. Again, we, we had a rental car, whatever. How do you get to it? And, and you could lock the, and they weren't all electronic things as you had now, because this is way back right. in the, would have been what um, I joined DuPont in, anyway, in early yeah. 90s, whatever the case was. Anyway, but I remember taking out the back seat of the car, taking out the back part of the seat of the car. And I was small enough that I could get through the crossbars and reach <laughs> and get the keys to the car. And, and, and he just let me do all of this stuff. And I go, you know what? That was the best thing uh, he could have done. He let me be me. He let me make the mistakes. Uh, he, he supported me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the interesting, the thing that I learned, you talked about that he wasn't well-respected in the organization. Really? He was not well-respected because, you know, I think I, I, you know, because when you ask this question, what I found in, in corporations, in corporate, is that you had to be really upward serving and not mm. downward saving. So upward serving is, is that you looked after your boss, you didn't necessarily look after people. Now, I know okay. you spend more time, you spend more time in, in large organizations. I spent about 10 years and that was enough for me to do that. And I, and I found that, so, but he looked after me and, and he was not the kind of guy, he wasn't, he was gruff and uh, always wasn't the neatest one. So he didn't fit the whole corporate mold, you know, to do all that. And, right. and, and dealing with the US, you have to have a particular, uh, I know you're an American, I was born an American, you have, to have a, yep. you, have to have a, you have to have a particular way that you go about doing that. So you, 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 when you ruffle the feathers, they don't need to know that you've ruffled the feathers, so to speak, you know? So, right, right. So, um, and, and he couldn't do that because he, he was his own, he was his own guy and he eventually retired out of there. But, uh, he, what was really great, it was the first time that I, I ventured into the sales side of things and out of the, what more protected corporate world that I was in it at, uh, Imperial Oil and, uh, no longer being just an engineer, but being in sales. And, uh, and I, and I look back upon that time and, and that was a really formative time. I mean, that really set the direction for me because I was, I was not meant to be in the, in the corporate world. For, um, and, uh, you know, talk about bosses. I, I always felt that I knew better than my bosses and that doesn't go over very well. So, right. Right. <laughs> so. Well, and <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we do. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but no, this is interesting. So I'm just kind of rehashing the story because it's very interesting to me. So it wasn't so much, you know, you don't remember him so much for him, you know, his, you know, softness, <laughs> um, sounds like, you know, again, he had kind of that hard edge, but he allowed you to be you. And then also, I thought what you said here about he wasn't upward serving, he was actually, you know, so he didn't play the political game necessarily upwards, but it sounded like he was really there for you as you were trying to transition. And he gave you space to make that transition, which, which is really interesting. So that makes him a very memorable boss in your, you know, in your yeah, career. Absolutely. Because, you know, when you, when you look at bosses, is that you, it's got to mean something to you. Mm -hmm. not just for them. And so, I mean, to me, that's what, that's what a best boss is all about, that they, they are looking out for your world and for their world. And I, and I, I don't know what you'll find as you go through the other people that, that you interview. Uh, you'll certainly find some common characteristics and common traits, but I would suspect from the people that I've coached over, it's, it's those who say, you know, who really understand 
what the other person needs to have. And it's no different than life. You're married, I'm married, we're partners. Mm-hmm. We have to understand it's 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 a similar kind of it's a similar kind of situation. And so that's a, that's really the important part. If we're thinking all about us, that's all about me. You can be as smart as you want. You can be as intelligent as anything, but people aren't going to relate to you. Right. What are they, they going to relate to? They're going to relate to what you do for them. And I don't care yeah. what, what aspect of life that is. And so that's, that's, that's what I've learned. And that's what I, that's what I really picked up through all of this. And I, I learned those that would accept, um, you know, cause even at, even at DuPont, I had people who I knew were very smart who did things, but I had to disagree with them and disagreeing with a, with a boss is not a good thing in a corporation mm. because it does, because it doesn't matter. Okay. It does. It's yeah. not their money. It's not yeah. their, what do they have to say? What do they have to do? You know? And uh, so, I mean, what, so if I can give you another little story, which you'd probably find cute on the opposite side. So Doug was a sales manager and Doug worked for a gentleman who was the vice president of plastics. And so in their, in their wisdom, they gave the United Way campaigns, if you recall those to some of the young guys. And so uh, the goal in the organization that we'd have 80% participation. So, you know, you put up those thermometer charts, right? down in the Mm -hmm. hallways and everything else. Everybody's in the hallways. We're down in the Toronto Dominion Center, 27th floor of the Toronto Dominion Center. So it's a big group of people. And so I had the thermometer chart and we keep getting up there and the, and the vice president would report to the president, how his, how his division in plastics was a pretty big division. And so it got to the point that he told the president, we had 80% participation, everything else. And then he comes down the next week and the charts up to hundred percent. So he tells the president he's got hundred percent participation. Wow, he feels really good. You know, it was a big deal. So the next week he comes in, we're at 110%. He goes, how about, it comes storming down to my office. He was a big man. I said, Gary, how can we be at 110%? I said, the goal was 80%. We've overachieved the 80% goal for the corporation. He was furious. (laughs) Absolutely furious. Because the goal was 80%. That was 100% achievement to me. I miss, okay, hang, hang on a second. So, Explain this to me. So, so you guys blew the number out of the water. What we did was the goal of the corporation was to have 80% of the people participate. Right. So to me, achieving the goal was 100%. Right. So when we got to 80%, the thermometer chart read 100%. He told the president that he had 100% of his whole division participating. Got it. Got and, it, got it, got and it. And then the next week he comes back and it's 110% and he's absolutely furious. And now he's, he's mad because, right, you're over, <laughs> yeah, the, over the 80%, which was the original target, <laughs> the 100% of the target. So, so, so I realized sometimes that my way of looking at things was not the way everybody else was going to look at things. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and so, and, yeah, go ahead. No, and I'm curious, like, as a leader, like, how did, when you were working for Doug, like, how do you think he handled that? Well, uh, uh, Doug, Doug kind of loved it because I would challenge, you know, mm. I would always, I would always challenge the authority and, um, only if I felt I was right, you know, it wasn't just for, it wasn't just for challenging it. And I can think of several instances when I, when I did that, but I also realized that I wasn't then made for that world because right. it, you know, you, you being an individual. So that the, the other, the other part about being, a, being a good boss is understanding the people and who they are as individuals, right? And, and 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 relating to those individuals in in what they need. And so, being equal to everybody is not necessarily fair because people need different things at different times, and and different trainings, different attention. Uh, and, and so that's 
I, I just, I just, when I go back and, and I think about that, I always thought of Doug very fondly in, in that he really helped me along, not because he was the smartest guy, because he wasn't necessarily, um, he was a survivor in an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also then accepted what his, what his position, what his role was going to be. But it's, you know, instead of taking it out, some people, when they get to a, you know, get to their level and that's it as far as they're going to go, they take out their frustrations on other people. And oftentimes it's the people that work for them, but Doug didn't do that. And so he really mentored me along in that respect. So, which is, yeah, which is two years into 10 years that I spent that in corporations, I spent the next eight years at DuPont and then it was time to move on. So, right. So then, you know, one of the questions I love to ask just for comparison, you don't have to name names, but worst boss ever, or one that stands out in your mind as having made an impact on you from even poor leadership judgment. What was that like? Yeah, I, 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 there's, there's a couple. Um, the one that, that I mentioned, I'll give another story, but there's another one early on. And it's just when you could tell that people weren't being honest. There was dishonesty about them. And they may have been you know, and I saw this more those who were in more the, what I'll call more the sales side of things, and particularly going back like 30 plus years now, and it was a different, a different world than it is today, being an engineer by training, but just to see that what that part of the world could get away with. And, and then when they were made into managers and management, they kind of tried to do the same thing. So still looking out for themselves, uh, you know, being upward serving, but not really being honest. And, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, we could see right through that and, and that, you know, so everybody pays lip service to it because they're in a position of responsibility, but there's not a lot of following. There's not a lot of feeling and uh, camaraderie around, let's, you know, let's rally around and, and uh, you know, work together. So it kind of puts everybody off on their own. And, and this, the same thing happened with that gentleman who was the vice president is that I I had certain feelings about customers that we have. And, and I remember, and he was a big man. He was about twice my size. And I remember being in a meeting one day with him with customers. And I'd known a bit about them, but these customers that, that he didn't. And uh, he was telling me that these guys were right. And I knew they weren't. And I told them in front of them that he wasn't, that they weren't right. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was, that was the beginning of the end at DuPont. Cause I said, you know what, if I can't, it, it mean, meant nothing to me except that my own integrity and so right. I, I looked at it and said, you know, those were the, when I, when you talk about best bosses, I think there are things you learn from your bosses. And I think some of the ones that aren't that good also are actually really good bosses because we have <laughs> to learn teachers. in life. We have to learn in life what not to do. Right. You know? And, and so at those, as you can tell, cause this goes back a long time. I, as I, as I've been more than 30 years now, those are the things that have stuck with me. Um, in those 10 years that I was there, there were, there were a few others, of course, that I did appreciate um, that, that, but uh, when I look back over it now, the ones that I appreciated all really, really cared. They cared about people. They genuinely, you know, want, were looking out for your livelihood as well as their livelihood. And when you run it and when you're in a corporation, that's, that's a hard balance to have. Right. To balance both of those as, as, right. as you would have seen. So um, you either look, look upward and so you can move upward and have upward mobility, or as you, if you look downward, it probably keeps you from getting upwards. So it, it, it has a, it has a double-edged sword to it. Interesting. But would you, okay. So if we were to give, you know, a nugget for someone out there right now who is trying to be 
a best boss ever, right? They, they are very committed to their people and being fantastic leaders. What I'm hearing is this focus on not just upward serving, but also downward serving and the ability to balance, you know, really understanding what other people need, but this isn't just what they need to get work done. This is what they need at a personal level to feel like they're contributing and really, you know, enjoying the work that they're doing. Yeah, I'll, it's a good, it's a, it's a good question. Good thought to that. And, and what I've, what I've learned over the time is that you can do both of those things. You can, and you, you, you really, I mean, a really, really good boss to me is one who figures out how to get the best out of everybody and really allows them to grow. And as they grow, cause that's what people want today. I know you're, you're a little younger than I am. And so when you look at, and I look back over the generations, I have children in their thirties now. And so what do they want? What do they need? Everybody, appreciates someone who helps them grow. And then there's a, there's a, an attachment to all of that. Well, if the boss is smart, the boss realizes as the people below him grow, he gets to grow and he gets to do it. That's the, that's the really, that's the really smart thing. And so I think today, and, and I think particularly in, we're in the kind of world that we're in right now that we're all operating off of zoom and in a virtual world. I think there's more opportunity to do that. Christine, I really think that yep. in, instead of having to, to play the politics, and, and I love it when I go to strategic coach and Dan says, says you know, the CEOs don't really like this because their box is the same size as everybody else's box on the TV, and, and, and they don't have any hierarchy of position or anything like that. All the trappings of the, of the world have gone. Well, now it's up to you. So if you're, if, you're, if you're authentic and you care and you help them grow, they'll help you grow. And it, it can be a there can be a lot to that, but I try and simplify things down. Is that now? How do you get it all done? Is more complicated. But those are the things that I break it down to, and I, I think that's where today, when you're talking about the nugget that people have got in the kind of world that we're going to operate in, regardless of whether how long the pandemic continues or not, we're still going to be in this in this virtual world environment. Those that can can relate across this environment those that can get other people motivated and going are the ones that are going to be the, the the true and the and the best bosses and the great leaders in my opinion great thank you that is perfect that is exactly what um, I know so many of us want to hear that right now because we need to get uh, focused on new sets of leadership skills in a way for this new way of working. It's, it's a completely different game now. So um, thank you so much for that. Do you have anything else you want to add just as we bring this to a close? Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're, you need to evolve. You need to continue to evolve. And so as you, you know, I think you can bring the sets of skills that we had at the beginning of 2020 into this, into 2021, where we are now. I think you can bring those. And the, the key thing is, is now you have to figure out how to operate what I'll call facing the camera as opposed to behind the camera. And those of us like you, Christine, or I, who have been presenting and presenting for quite a while, I've had to figure that out. Otherwise, you wouldn't survive. And that's how to be authentic with that. And, and the authenticity comes from making sure that, as, as one person told me, when I first started coaching, they said, Gary, I see, you. I see two people at the front of the room. I see you and I see the program. Those two have to come together. So the key is that there's no hiding when we have, when we have 
a Zoom. There's no hiding. You see everybody, you get to see everything. It's actually quite intimate because you see everybody's face a lot closer than you would if you're in a room, especially if you're in a room of multiple people. So as a result of that, you have to learn how to be authentic. Once you're authentic now and people get that, now you've got everybody following and you can lead. If you keep trying, and so I, I put it this way, there's a difference between performing and acting. And performing is getting better at being yourself and acting is trying to be somebody else. Right. So we need, how, we need to learn how to perform in the situations. So what does the people that you're with need? What does the organization need to help you do that? And then perform to the best of your abilities. My next door neighbor up in Collingwood was saying, Gary, I know I told him what I was doing as a coach for people. He says, geez, I have real trouble speaking in person. I'm a CFO for a company out West. And so it's all on Zoom. And I, I happened to know something about that. He was an awesome racer, ski racer. And I, so I said to him, I said, Greg, what did you do to prepare for a race? Did you do the same as if your training runs? No, no. I said, I said then you have to prepare. To, so you'd be at your best. You have to prepare for any of your presentations, such as you would prepare for if you're doing your race and you're going to go race downhill. You have to put it in the same context. He was still, Greg, whether he was training or whether he was racing, but there was a different intensity. There was a different way. And he was excellent. And he was excellent that he still, he still does the adult racing and that sort of thing. But you know, he couldn't see how the two related. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at your own life and say, where did I have to perform at my best? And what did I have to do to do that? And in a team, that's the same thing you know, as a boss, what do I have to do to be at my best for them and for them to be able to be at their best? And I think if you do that part of it, so it's not so self-serving, it'll actually serve you very well as the boss. You'll serve the organization, but also also serve the people that, that you work with. Right. Excellent. Thank you so much. And um, again, we're just thrilled that you came on the show. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And I look, wish you all the best with this, as I know you'll do really well, but it's, it's an exciting project. I think it's really worthwhile right now, too, uh, because people are struggling to figure out what's next for them. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip.